Tea drinkers, this is Corey Calder with Staffity Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for downloading and listening to episode seven. This has been a really fun journey so far, and I've enjoyed bringing you all the content that you want to hear. In this episode, you're going to get to hear from our dean of students and an English teacher at Verona High School. There's the bell. Time for class. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Miss Griffiths. Uh, she is the Dean of Students at Verona High School. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm good, man. I can't complain. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, like you are feeling, I miss my kids. I miss my staff. Uh, I'm pumped to get back. But this is sort of like filled my bucket. Filling this, like doing this podcast is really like filling my bucket as to what I'm missing. So it's cool to connect with the staff and kind of hear their journey. That's good, man. I'm glad you're having fun with that. I was excited when I saw your email. Well, I'm pumped that you're on it because I, you know, we'll get into like how you and I like work together a bunch. Um, but first, before we get into all that, can you give uh, us a background into how you got into education and, you know, how you ended up where you ended up? Um, man, how I got into education. Uh, I just I was just I was a very typical kid, man. You know, I was a typical student. Um, I had my little, you know, little typical age appropriate foolishness in, in, you know, primary school, elementary school, you know, never, uh-huh. never was any, you know, never any big trouble, but I always had an adult at every point in my educational career where they're just like, look, stop doing that. You're a smart kid. Be better. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've always had those people just kind of pushing me along the way. So it was just kind of like, you know what? I could probably do that for a bunch of kids myself. So um, that was really the 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 gist of it. I was maybe in middle school when I decided for sure that uh, I wanted to get into education. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then so you're a Verina alum, correct? Correct. 2004. How is it coming back home? Um... So can I, I, let me tell you the story about that. So the end of last summer, I was uh, on vacation in Myrtle Beach. And um, I like to take my vacation at the end of the summer, right before we go back. And yeah. it was it was the Thursday before we had to come back. And um, my boss called me, Miss Armstrong, from uh, over at Central Office. And she's like, hey, I need you to go to Verona. And I'm like, and do what? <laughs> you know, because I've been at Elko for the past two years. <laughs> and you know, I was feeling good about building all these relationships with my kids and, you know, everything that I worked on last summer was from middle school. So I'm just kind of like, what do I need to do at Verona? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, and uh, she was just like, you know, Coach Lacey has moved on and I need a dean at Verona. And so I literally had, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to process that. And uh, when I got there on Monday morning, uh, it was just, I don't know, man, it was a very surreal feeling like, Shout out to Cody Sturdy and Katie Noah for even suggesting that I would be, you know, a good fit for that position. Um, but being back, man, even with just that short amount of time that we've had with our kids this year, man, it was just I felt really good about, you know, what I was doing and 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 things that I implemented previously. Because some of my kids that I worked with this school year, I worked with them previously at Elko. So um, it was kind of, oh, I don't know, man, it was kind of like full circle. So, you know, it was it, it was good. I felt good about it. It's positive. Well, we, we're lucky to have you, and we love um, having you at Verina. And, you know, funny story, I forget what day I saw you during Teacher Work Week, but, like, 
or whatever. Whenever I saw you first, I was like, who is that dapper individual <laughs> walking through here? I was like, hey, you know, I'm getting a run for my money right now. Oh, man, get so out of here. Set my fashion game up. Because, yeah. <laughs> man, get out of here. That's all old Navy and Gap, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you 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 combine it really well as a kid. I say. appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. So, what? Explain to people who don't know, because so far every episode has been teacher and administrator. Okay. So you're kind of my first stafflety member on this podcast. Uh, okay. Explain to everyone kind of what a dean of students does in your role and everything you do. Um, in my position, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, man. Um. In my position, I support students, I support families, I support staff, I support administrators. Um, and in doing that, you know, especially like working with kids, we set goals and different things like that because nobody really wants to, you know, admit it, but the East End doesn't really get a good rap. And being a product of the East End and being able to be in a position where I can work with the same group of kids is basically, you know, they're, they're me all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And working with the kids in that aspect is just kind of like, you know, I can look at some of our kids and say, I made that mistake. Don't do that. Do this. You know what I mean? And they're receptive to that. And so with them being receptive to what I'm saying to them, I feel a whole lot better about what I'm doing. Um, I've had teachers ask me to come in and just do observations and help them out with, with, I mean, you know, simple things, classroom management issues and, you know, if you have two kids that's just not getting along in class, like how can I come in and assist with that? Um, as far as administration, and I, I attend a lot of meetings. Um, I'm supporting my administration in that way. So, um, yeah, man, my position is pretty much a jack of all trades, man. If you, you know, if you can't do a whole lot of stuff, this is not the right position for you. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing that impressed me the most, I mean, working with you throughout the year, you know, I've just been very impressed with like everything you're doing and the support you offer. But the one that sticks out to me was that one time we were in your office with two students and, you know, there was beef going on and Miss English is like cleaning her purse because she's pickle juice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, man, like, Picklegate. <laughs> yeah, Picklegate. So we, you know, we started out the meeting very like, you know, PG, here are the norms, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you were the first to just kind of be real and you're like, listen, like, you don't have problems with this student, do you? She's like, no, I really don't. And then you're like, you don't have problems with this other student, do you? And she was like, no, I don't. And you're like, why are you in here? <laughs> right. I mean, what I've learned in my position, whether it be at the middle school level or the high school level, sometimes our kids just need somebody to help them start the conversation. Yeah. And a lot of the times, once we help them start the conversation, they pretty much just go from there. Like, maybe 99% of my mediations, the kids took it completely over the school year. You know, they had mm-hmm. very minimal input from the adults who were also at the table. And I mean, for me, I mean, I just look at that like to put a kid in a position to basically confront somebody that they're having an issue with. And they're both able to walk away from that situation with an understanding that, you know, we don't necessarily have to like each other, but let's be respectful. You know, ultimately, Absolutely. that's the goal, you know, and if we can walk away from it with that, then, hey, I'm all for it. When I want the listeners to know, like, that's not how you do every meeting. It's not like you come in, slam the door, and that's how you open. <laughs> Man, but, I wish. You know, I just feel like you, I feel like you judge the temperature of the room, and depending on what's going on, you kind of feel it out. And maybe because you're, you know, a Verina, ex-Varina student, and 
you know, maybe just because how you've been trained, but like you just judge the temperature of the room and then you just go right into it. And like each one's different, but I feel like we leave each meeting at a better place. It might not work 100% of the time, but we're leaving at a better spot than we were before we entered. Absolutely. I mean, I think as far as the mediation goes, man, like the, the, the point of it is to have some sort of peace at the end of it. You know, uh, the kids don't have to be friends. <laughs> you know, they don't have to sit next to each other and work on a science project together. You know, that's not the goal. The, yeah. the goal is for them to coexist peacefully in the same, you know, on the same campus or in the same school building. You know what I mean? Like, that's ultimately the goal, you know? And so... Yeah, you, you, I, I... Go ahead, sorry. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like you... I, I've chosen to go into these situations the way that I have simply because... I know so many kids and I can speak on so many experiences where kids are putting themselves in a situation to basically ask for help without asking for it. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, seen it so many times. So, you know, I, I'm looking for certain things in the kids. That's why I'm able to basically, you know, judge the room and, and just kind of take off from there, you know, like you, and, and I'm pretty sure you do it as well. Like you can look at the kids and say, Oh, that kid, you know, something might have happened this morning. I might need to check in with that kid before they leave my class today. You know, and that's just, I don't know. I guess that's just something that you that you learn more and more as you deal with kids. Yeah, it's like one thing that, like, I learned in college that I think I can apply to every day at work is, like, that feeling of with itness. Like, you're just kind of walking down the, the sidewalk mm-hmm. and you get this little creech in the back of your neck and you're like, something doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of looking around and, like, bam, there it is. Or, like, you know, you go into a faculty meeting and, you know, you still got that like anxious feeling, but you just know, like, this is about to go really well. Like what I'm about to do is going to go really well. Absolutely. So it's that withness that, you know, you have, and I have, and a lot of variety teachers have that just kind of helps you kind of predict what's going to happen right before. Absolutely. It and then, so if you can spill the tea on kind of just like what you do to connect with students, not just your group of caseload kids because one thing that impresses me the most with you is that you just you can go talk to literally any kid like you can walk to the cafeteria <laughs> you go to a table that has maybe one of your babies but the five other kids around your baby you connect with like what do you do spill the tea and help us out um <laughs> you know what they are roughly what 1400 kids at verona um yep all 1400 are mine and that's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, I, I I approach it like that every single time. You know, I might not know this kid. You know, I've probably never seen this kid before in my life, but I can look at this kid and see, you know, he or she may be struggling with something. I just, you know, just kind of slide in, have a casual conversation with them. You know, um, a lot of times, especially like in a cafeteria, man, you just kind of catch the pods of kids and just kind of see what's going on and, you know, who's doing what. And, you know, um, but yeah, man, I just try to, I just try to, you know, focus on whoever it is that has the issue. If everybody else around, you know, you know, around that person can respond and, 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 you know, feel that energy as well, then cool. I accomplished my job. You know, I feel like I, I've, I've done well for that kid and that kid's friends. If I can reach, you know, yeah. my goal, you know, going in was to get this one kid. But after that, you know, I left the table, I've reached nine kids, you know, like, if I can do that every single time, sure. man, like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Well, one thing that I really like about you is, you know, you connect with all these kids, 
And but sometimes a kid will come up to me and they just want to skip PE. They're like, hey, we need to see Miss Griffith. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Let me text her and just make sure that you know she's available. Absolutely. And I'll text you. And you're, you're like, <laughs> you know what, man? And so, like, it's, just, it's like funny that you build these connections with the kids who you know are yours and they want to see you. But at the same time, it's like I'm putting this kid in check because. I don't think they really need to see you. I think they're trying to skip my Absolutely, life. man. And and that just comes with learning your kids, man. They're just going to, like, you know them, you know. <laughs> you can very easily send me a text message like, hey, such and such trying to see you. I really don't know what the situation is. Like, you know, yeah. I'm always willing to come check it out <laughs> if I'm available to check it out and see what's going on. But, you know, as far as the kids, I don't, I don't know what it is about me. They want to hang out with me and spend time i don't know what it is man you're pretty cool you're pretty and cool. you know i appreciate that from the kids because being 30 something um i don't always feel yeah. cool <laughs> so you know to get that that you know that love and respect from the kids like that you know i it's nothing better than that man well and, and i know that situation you did end up rolling through the gym and you know that student talked to you and you're like yeah hey what's going on what's going on and she was like oh no i'm good yeah. <laughs> It was just one of those things, man. Sometimes kids just want to have FaceTime with me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So um, what, what are you doing during this, like, COVID time? Like, how, like what are you doing to stay sane, um, connect with your kids? What's going on with you? Um, To stay sane. Are we sane at all anyway? Um, yeah, it might not be the best <laughs> word, but just kind of fill the time, you know? Um, well, I have a group on Schoology um, with my case little kids in it, and I, you know, interact with them back and forth uh, sporadically because their messages are always so random. Like one of my kids sent me a message at like two thirty a.m., and I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't wow. know what you're doing up at this hour, <laughs> but I'm asleep. So, <laughs> you know, um, I one thing I had to do, man, I, and I tweeted this like maybe what two weeks into the quarantine, man, I had to create a schedule for myself. Because that just that that willy nilly freedom, it didn't work for me. You know, I was laying in the bed all day. I just, you know, grabbed the laptop, open it up. You know, I'm like, look, it's open. I'm good. But I'm watching TV. You know what I mean? And it, it, it just it became a cycle of, of not being productive. And so I just I was like, you know what? I need to be productive. I need to be supportive of my kids. I need to be supportive of my uh fellow co-workers, you know what I mean? I need to to get mm -hmm. my life together a little bit better. So um creating my schedule, my schedule's going great. Um one thing that I I must incorporate every single day, I have to get outside. Whether that's cool. whether that's taking a drive, walking my dogs, sitting out in my yard, like whatever the case may be, but I have to get outside every day. I have to. It keeps me sane and you know, um, <laughs> I can I can still function a little bit better. Um, it's just cool too, though. One thing that I've um, reached back into uh, photography. I started. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I started in 2017. Um, I was told that I needed hobbies, <laughs> and so I'm like. <laughs> Well, what's a like what kind of hobbies like what do people do and it's just like well, what do you like and just kind of scroll through some things i'm like photography I, I can take pictures like you know and so i started off small you know i got an ipad i got an iphone you know taking pictures on that and i was just like eh, i don't really want to do this 
So uh, I went for the gusto and, and, and dropped a couple hundred bucks on a cannon. And uh, that was it, man. I just, I've been taking pictures ever since then. So um, that's definitely something that's kept me going. Um, I actually need to edit and upload some pictures so I can uh, get that on my website. But yeah, man, man, for the most part, man, I'm just trying to trying to adapt, man, and adjust to the new normal. Yeah, it's it's weird, and you said it best, the new normal. Yeah. You know, hopefully we can get rid of this new normal and get back to normal normal, but it's it's a lot going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I agree. And so, you know, like I've I've been doing a lot of yard work and different things, but it's it's challenging to fill the full day. You know, I'm going to my meetings, I'm reaching with my students, but I feel like I'm not doing enough. And that's kind of where I got started with this podcast. I was like, well, if I got 30 minutes, you know, from 12 to 1230, let me fill it with, you know, and so that's, so that's the new normal is not the normal I like, but hopefully we get through it quicker than what we're projecting. And uh, hopefully it's as temporary as we all really want it to be. You know, um, I miss work, man. Man, oh, me too. I, I'm with you. It's so crazy, man. You know, I right just... now, I'd be on the bus ramp with the late <laughs> bus, and I'd be connecting <laughs> with kids that just like I wouldn't normally connect. Absolutely, with. man. And at the time, I wouldn't like exactly. It, but I miss it. Yeah, because I can only imagine the type of what in the world would be happening right now. You know, the weather starting to break a yeah. little bit, and you know, I, 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 I really just miss seeing the kids. You know, just whether it's in transition or just, you know, coming up in the classroom, going to the cafeteria. Like I really just miss seeing the kids, you know, how, however they want to yeah. be, you know, if they're with their friends individually, whatever the case may be, I really miss just, you know, interacting and, and, and seeing the kids. I'm with you a hundred percent. So with that in mind, what's, what's one or two pieces of advice you could offer to um, maybe not someone at Verina, but just offer to an educator, offer to a faculty member, to be a better them next year? Like, what do you do that you could share with someone else? Um, one thing that I've, I learned early in my career is to be humble. Um, you don't know everything, you know? And if you're not a person to, you know, put yourself in a position to continue to learn, you're not gonna get far in, 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 in your education career. Um, being humble has really helped me. Um, humanizing the kids has absolutely helped me. You know, um, we talk about respect and we talk about all these things that we want from the kids. But in order to get respect from anybody, you have to give it. You know, I don't treat our students like they're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids. I treat them like they're human beings because at the end of the day, that's what they are, regardless of how old they are or or whatever the case may be, they're human beings. And so that above anything has made me very successful with any student population that I've worked with. So you're just saying, you know, treat them like human, you know, don't look at them as students or kids, but just treat them like human beings, treat them how you would a family member. or Absolutely. Treat them with the absolute most respect. Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I learn things from the kids every day. You know what I mean? And so you can't say, oh, you're a kid. I, you know, I can't learn anything from you. That's false. Yeah, that's false. You know, just treat them like human. I learned about TikTok from the kids. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't have it, but <laughs> I learned about TikTok from the kids. 
you know, I learned about a bunch of different things on social media from the kids. Like this is me being 30 something thinking that I'm still cool, but I'm learning these things from, <laughs> from teenagers. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, you always have to, to, you have to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself in order to be successful in this career, man. Because if you don't humble yourself, the kids will humble you, especially working in high school. The yeah. kids will absolutely bring you back down. <laughs> yeah. And I went to deep run high school. And so like, you know, I really have no Eastern experience until I came to Verina. Okay. So coming to Verina, like I've been taught so much from my students. Sometimes I feel like more than I've taught them. <laughs> Probably. So it's like, it's really, it's really interesting to connect on that level. And I'll even tell them like, listen, you taught me this, but today I'm going to teach you this. So sit down, put the phone away. We're rolling. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they like the connection. They like the caringness. And like you said, being humble as a teacher and really just doing that can ultimately be, help you be successful anywhere. Absolutely. Especially where we are. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so before we uh, give you a chance to give some shout outs uh, that you might want to give to staffity members, kids, the class of 2020, people at work, whomever. Um, I just want the Twitter world to know that I'm your biggest fan on Twitter <laughs> and I hope you're mine. I just want them to know like as we as I'm doing like staff events and stuff, like you're always like retweet. Like retweet. Gotcha, and I'm man. just loving it. Like I feel I feel so good when I do something fun for the school and then boom. Whitney Griffiths, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, yes, I got her approval. Here we go. Man, you're always trying to do some fun stuff. You know what I mean? Um, you and I had this conversation, you know, and and I told you, man, it's been a while since I felt like I was actually a part of something, you know, and to, especially like with the the, the Valentine's Day thing, man, that was crazy. <laughs> you got people yeah. running around campus trying to find these hearts, you know, for various reasons too, because, you know, like I was trying to help Miss Ferris. She, uh, you know, one of the prizes was to have a, you know, a classroom party. She wanted to have a party for mm -hmm. her kids, you know, because they work so hard for her, you know, and so I don't mind doing stuff like that. I always help out somebody that's, you know what I mean? Trying to, trying to do something good for their kids. Well, and I appreciate it. And just so people know, like what we did was we planned a scavenger hunt with like, I think it was seven or eight hearts on campus. And if a teacher found one, they got to pick a list of prizes. Um, no one knows this, but I'll release it here. Ferris party happened, but the only other option she had by the time she found her heart was to cover your class for 30 minutes. And she goes, you ain't covering my class. My kids use knives. You ain't covering my class. I said, then what do you want, Ferris? And she said, I want my kids to have the candy party. I said, okay, I'll make an exception. Your kids get the candy party. Man, Ferris, Ferris, Ferris. I miss her. <laughs> Yeah, I miss her. I miss you. I miss it. I mean, I miss it all. It's it's incredible. So yeah, if you if you follow myself or Miss Griffiths, um, scroll back to February sometime near Valentine's Day, and you get to see all the antics. Man, it was a great uh, that time was on the Verina High School campus. It was a great time, man. Oh, so much fun. So before we sign out, you know, and and continue with our days, um, are there any shout outs you want to give to whomever out there? Yeah, man, I would love to get some shout outs since we just brought her up. Shout out to Miss Ferris, man. I miss teacher lunch on Wednesdays. It is a struggle trying to cook. Like, what is how do you do this? Absolutely. Golly, man. Um, 
Shout out to my lunch bunch, Miss Boston, Miss Walker, Miss Lewis, Miss Long. I miss y'all so much. We need to do a Zoom meeting or something to do lunch. Like we need to set that up. Calder, shout out to you, man, for for coming up with this podcast. This is awesome. This was a great idea. I appreciate it. Um, who else do I work with really, really closely? The Robinson Security. Oh my gosh, uh, Mr. G. Robinson, praying for you, man. Speedy recovery with that. Um, Adonis, I miss you, bro. Um, Admin, y'all are great. Miss y'all, Mr. Turpin. It'd be great to see you, man. Um, the Yams, because like what that was, those are my neighbors. I really miss my neighbors. <laughs> yes, I miss my classroom neighbors. And uh, I think this shout out is the most important shout out to me personally. Um, shout out to my cousin Trey Edward White. You graduating this year, boy. I'm so proud of you. Um, I did everything with Trey when he started preschool, he went to Montrose and uh, preschool through fifth grade, field trips, field days, everything. I was everything with him. So I'm super proud of you. I'm super happy for you. I cannot wait to see what's next, man. I love you. Well, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, you know, sharing for a little while, you know, behind the curtains of Miss Griffiths, Dean of Students. And, you know, it means a lot to have you on this show because, like I said, I'm like your number one Twitter fan, so <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, crushing hard over here, uh, fanboy stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for stepping up and coming on and spilling the tea with me. And, you know, I'll be in touch with you soon. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to doing it again. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. Uh, we have Miss Tiffany Lewis, English teacher at Verona High School. Do you want to say hey? Hi, everyone. So just a fun little fact, um, and I don't even know if you remember this, Miss Lewis, but last year I was a part of the English department um, just to kind of learn a content outside of PE, and we had a secret, sock, uh, secret Santa ex gift exchange, and I um, was able to win your socks that <laughs> had puns on them, that I don't wear unless it's a very, very special occasion. They had a bunch of seals on them and it said seal of approval. <laughs> so those are, those are my like date night socks, like going out socks. Like when I got to impress people, pull the pant leg up, seal of approval. So I oh, just want to thank you for those. Of course, anytime. That makes me feel really. <laughs> um, so do you want to kind of uh, tell the audience of Staffordy Spilling the Tea uh, your background and how you got into education? Oh, sure. Okay, so um, I started teaching. I like to say that teaching found me. Um, as a child, I I liked school a lot. Um, I liked everything about school, which was much different from my peers. Um, and so I remember even as a kid, for example, preparing for a test or a quiz in school. And the only way that I would learn the material was if I created my own version of the test or quiz. And so I was kind of embarrassed to do that. So I would do it kind of on the sneak tip at home. And I remember one day, this was fourth grade, and I ended up bringing the um, I left the, the quiz review that I made up in my notebook and um, my teacher found it. She was walking by my desk and she saw my my quiz and she made a transparency of it. I'm sure the students today have no idea what transparencies are, but you probably <laughs> remember that. Mr. Causer, way before smart boards. Um, and she took she took my copy 
and I was devastated because I knew that like, you know, this was it. Like everyone was going to know I was a super nerd because I made my own quiz review and she took my paper and um, she turned it into a transparency and she actually used it as a review for our class. And no joke, no joke, fourth grade. And um, I was at Arthur Ashe elementary school. And um, I remember my classmates saying like, Tiff, that was good. Like you came up with that. And it was a totally different reaction from what I had expected. And so from that point on, I started making quiz and test reviews and I would share them with my classmates through elementary school, through middle school and in high school um, before a quiz or a test. Sometimes the teacher would give us time to kind of like huddle around and to discuss material. And so I would like come up with these scenarios to help me understand. And it was really just for me to get. But I realized that my uh, my friends were benefiting from them, too. Um, and so, you know, they were like, Tiff, this is really good. Like, you should be a teacher. And, you know, some of my friends, they would joke on me because in school, you know, I would tell them, like, you're not cheating off my paper. Like, I, I barely know what I'm doing myself. And if I'm going to take the time to study for this, I'll help you study, but you're not getting my answers. And so this was a way for me to kind of process my thoughts and to help other people. And so um, I realized that by sticking to my guns and, and really being true to who I was and maintaining my integrity that people respected that, you know, they respected me more for not giving in and not cheating than, um, you know, than had I done that. Um, and so to make a long story short, that was kind of a long intro into education, but, um, no, you're good. Yeah. Life has, has a strange way of bringing you where you're supposed to be. I really believe that. So I actually, um, I attended and graduated from Verona High School. I attended the Center for Communications and um, I was very successful there. I completed there and I just knew that I was going to be a news anchor. Like that was my deal. And so cool. um, I went on to Old Dominion Old Dominion University, and I earned a Bachelor's of Communications there. Um, and when I was at ODU, I started to think about, like, okay, you know, those little nudges again, like, it would be cool to be on the news, but what if I could just, like, teach people how to do it? Um, and, and I kind of got that hunch, too, because in certain classes, particularly, like, public speaking class or other classes in college where I would have to present um, I noticed that what seems easy for me was a real challenge for a lot of my peers. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why they were so nervous about getting up and speaking in front of people. And so I really started to think like, okay, maybe I should just teach communications. And so um, leaving college, I said, okay, I want to, I want to one day be a communications professor. And so, um, but I had a minor in English. So my major was calm. My minor was English. Um, and so we're, change of events. Um, I graduated college. Um, I had no job. Okay. Because for a lot of students, I don't think they understand that like, you know, certain majors like communications or even like psychology or business, unless you have a direct path that you want to follow, those majors can be kind of difficult to land a job in ironically enough for sure, because they're really broad. And so I, um, I thought that I was going to go straight to grad school after graduating college. I chose not to do that. And so I, um, I needed a job. So I'm at home now with this college degree and no job. Okay. And so <laughs> I knew that those student loan payments were going to be showing up in the mail soon. And so mm -hmm. I, um, I applied for a substitute teacher position. So the last month, um, you know, in college, you graduate in May. So I graduated May 5th. I'll never forget it, it was single day my 
May 5th, um, May 8th, um, I started working. I believe it was May 8th. I started working as a substitute teacher for Hermico County Public Schools. And um, at that time, I wanted to focus my attention on the East End schools because I'm a product of the East End schools. And so I subbed at, um, I think I subbed at Adams Elementary for a couple of days, which was where I attended school. I subbed at Fairfield Middle School, Go Falcons. I also attended there. And then um, back then we had permanent sub positions. So I ended up getting a permanent sub position at Verina for like that last month of school. Um, and, um, and so I subbed there. And then the school year was over. I spent the summer job hunting, not really knowing what I was going to do, staying at home with my parents. Um, and so this is, I really believe this is how um, life works itself out. Two weeks before the school year started in 2007, um, I was online job hunting and I saw that a position opened up at Verina for an English teacher. And um I was like, there's no way in the world I can do this. Like, I, I have a minor in English. Yeah, I, I write and I have a background in communication. This, this is right up my alley. But I was really trying to talk myself out of it because I was so intimidated thinking of, like, who I would have to become in order to be an English teacher, you know, because I'm thinking about my English teachers and how serious and stern and, you know, how they were. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I going to do? And so I applied for the job. I interviewed for the job and I was hired. And I was hired on a provisional license. And so that really, um, that's when I started to sink or swim. You know, it was like, okay, Tiffany, you have a real job now and you have to step up to the plate because these kids are depending on you. And I fell in love with the job. Um, and so I taught for three years at Verona. Um, I got married. And at that time, my husband, who also graduated from Verona, um, he was playing in the NFL at that time. And um, he's actually our new defensive coordinator, Go Blue Devils. Um, <laughs> and so at that time, uh, he was playing in the NFL and, you know, the plan was to get married and we were going to move to wherever he was. Um, and at that time, he was out in um, in Cleveland and then he moved to Seattle, Washington. Um, but anyway, to make a long story short, um, his he only played like six years in the league. So that ended early. But at that time I wanted to focus on communications. And so I went back to school. I earned a master's degree in communications and organizational communications. And I started teaching communications on the college level. Um, and so I was young. I was like 26, I think during this time. And I started to dibble and dab into teaching communications on the college level. Um, and training in HR perspectives and things like that. And so I really enjoyed that, but it didn't give me the same satisfaction as high school students. You know, adults, teaching adults was cool. I really enjoyed that. Most of my students were older than I was. I even taught some, some of my students were, um, were peers of mine when I was a student in high school. I ended up being their college professor. Um, so that was pretty cool. But um, we decided to start a family, my husband and I. And so um, a college professor's schedule does not necessarily fit, you know, um, the traditional route when it relates to child care and all those things. And I, I really just missed For the sure. classroom. And so I found my way back to, um, to K through 12 after working um, in the corporate sector, you know, like I said, I was teaching 
college communications. I was working in the corporate sector in HR, human resources, dealing with quality assurance and processes and uh, training people, which is still education, if you will, and teaching um, and recruitment. So that that showed me an, an interesting side um, of the workforce. And then, you know, I just decided in 2017 that it was time to go back to the classroom. So um, literally 10 years after I started at Verina, I came back to Verina High School and I've been here since 2017 and I absolutely love it. Um, I, you know, of course, in the future, I would love to possibly teach part time or online college again because I just love to teach and I love teaching different audiences. But that is like my complicated, in a nutshell, background in how I got into teaching. <laughs> That's an incredible story. I've loved it's it. It's crazy. I, yeah. That, you know, I've, I've, I've recorded about seven or eight of these by now. And, and that is such a cool insight. And I've really enjoyed, you know, I, I know all the teachers that I'm interviewing, but I don't know the background. And so yeah. I love it. And I really hope uh, the fans of this show appreciate it just as much as I yeah. do. Yeah. Well, great. Um, so current role, you're English teacher and, um, you know, a role model for all our kids. What are some things you do in the classroom? Can you spill the tea as to what Tiffany Lewis does in the classroom that works so well? Wow. Okay. So I think that's a difficult question um, to answer, but I think that, okay, so going back to my story, I started teaching under a provisional license. And so for people who may not understand that a provisional license means that you didn't necessarily go to school to be a teacher, but you start to teach. And as you are teaching, you start to go to school to train yourself and to take those educational classes and those college courses to help you understand the art of teaching. And so when I entered the teaching profession, I was very self-conscious about that. Um, I was, instead of looking at all that I had to offer, I really beat myself up about like, you didn't go to school to be a teacher. Like, you know, and mind you, I come from a family of educators. I have two other sisters who both graduated from Vermont. One is a high school math teacher in Chesapeake. And the other is um, a kindergarten teacher in Henrico County. And, um, but they always knew that they wanted to be teachers. I didn't know that. And so I made a vow to myself um, when I started teaching that I was just going to be the walking, breathing version of the text. Like I was going to engross myself and just learn as much as I could about the content, you know, that my goal was just to try to figure out how many different ways I could explain the same thing, you know? Um, and so that's really what I try to do as a teacher in 2020 in the East End, as a product of the East End, I really try to make what seems complicated plain for my students, you know, and um, and I really believe that. I think that traditionally teachers have been held to an esteem where, um, and I'm sure you can probably attest to this too, if you think back to your, your school days, where teachers were not really like people when, when I went to school, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't see your teachers out in public. You didn't, you know, you didn't really see them as real people. You saw them as these like untouchable beings who knew everything and you dare not, you know, embarrass yourself in front of them. So I try to, um, I try to bring an element of reality to 
the table. I try to share my personal stories with my students and I try to be transparent and to just let them know that you you shouldn't um, forsake who you really are. Like culturally and organically, who you are is enough. And you can understand Shakespeare and you can interpret the classics and still use your tone of voice that's organic to you and still explain it to your friends and your family members who may have never picked up a book and still be just as good at it as anyone else. Um, so I think that that's really important to maintain authentic um, authenticity with your students. Um, and to just remember to to lighten up and to have fun, you know, it's really important to maintain professionalism. Um, and I don't want to use the conjunction, um, the conjunction, but, but, and um, to also be professional, but to also be personable. Like those two things can coexist. You don't have to be so fun that the that the students don't see you as a professional or they don't respect you but you shouldn't be so serious that you're unapproachable and that students don't feel that you're relatable either so miss lewis how do you draw the line um between approachable and relatable but still being that teacher figure in the classroom mm -hmm. i think that it's um hmm. It's one of those things where I think back on on my favorite teachers, right? And my favorite teachers, I'm going to shout out now, um, Bev Lanier, Miss Lanier, um, Velma Shiree, um, um, Angie Spiegel, uh, Dominique Butler. Uh, these were people who, during my time at Bermina, were pivotal in um, my 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 experience as a student in the classroom and oh Belinda Mercer she was a big woman's Mercer um the thing that all those teachers had in common was poise and respect and they were not necessarily the types of teachers um who you would describe as fun. Like I, I never thought of Ms. Butler's class chemistry as fun. I never thought <laughs> of you know, um, writing a paper for Ms. Lanier's class for like the fifth draft as fun. But those teachers were so good at what they did that when I finished their classes, I sat back and I said like, wow, like what did I just do? I, there's no way I would have known that I could do that, that I was capable of doing that. And so they challenged me and their students in a way that you didn't really have time to, um, to, to question it or to speak against it. You knew that if you didn't do it, you were going to be left behind. And on the other side of that was greatness you know and so sure. I try I try to I try to give my students an experience you know what I mean like um anyone can can make a quiz or a test and give you a grade but who really gives you um curated experiences like those are the people in life you know when you can have a good conversation with someone when you can you know laugh at a joke those are the things that you remember those are the things that teach you lessons beyond the content and so um I think it's really important that you know, as a teacher that I remain confident in what I know, but I also have to understand that if I, if I'm the only one in the room who knows what I know, then I'm not really teaching. 
you know, like, mm-hmm. the, like the point of teaching is to help others know what you know, hoping that they will then know more than you know, you know, and I think that like teaching is, is one of the oldest professions known to man. Um, one of the things that I learned a lot from being in the corporate world was just how much value and insight teachers have that I don't think we necessarily see a lot, you know, um, or that we feel because teaching is not a a job where you're going to get a bonus, a quarterly bonus based on how you perform. You know, you're not going to get a trip to the Bahamas. You're you know, you're just not going to, you're not getting that type of um, gratification from it um, or that instantaneous reward, if you will. So you have to go into the classroom knowing that you are a subject matter expert. They're just like a lawyer, just like a doctor, just like, you know, an engineer or anyone else who's a professional and who, um, who takes it seriously. You know, just as much as they do, you remain current, you know, you go to your professional development. So you have to, you have to know that when you walk into the room, but you have to be able to make it real enough to students. And you can't be intimidated when people understand, you know, like you can't shy away from questions. You can't, if a student challenges you with a question, you have to take a step back and really evaluate how you can better explain that for them, you know? For sure, for sure. So so with all that and everybody learning from you today, what what are one or two things that people can take from Miss Lewis and apply it to their classroom or apply it to their building, um, or if it's an administrator, educate them. What's, what's something that someone can learn from this podcast to better their profession in education? All right. I would say two things. Number one, use your resources. And number two, grow more educators. Um, those are like my, my biggest, um, things. I believe in growing and using my resources. Um, Like I said, you know, as a teacher, as an educator, we are current, we are SMEs, you know, subject matter experts. However, we don't know everything. And um, if we're really going to stretch the envelope and really give our students um, those experiences that they will take with them throughout life, we have to use our resources. You know, lots of people are familiar with the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. And I really, really believe in that. I believe that I am just a member of the village helping raise the next generation of, um, of villagers. And so... You know, with that being said, there are times in my class where, you know what, I could teach this, but I think it's better if I call on someone else to do it. You know, a couple of years ago, I taught a, a novel and um, the novel um, had some sensitive material, if you will, about it um, or in it. And I decided to call on our school social worker to come in and do a couple of lessons with my students. You know, I'm really big on um, bringing in alumni um, professional alumni who attended Verina, um, who have gone on to do things with their uh, careers, just to show my students like this, the stretch and the reach and the extent to which they too can grow, just to kind of cultivate that one-on-one, um, you know, hands-on, resourceful attitude. You know, I really mm-hmm. think that we have lots of resources in our community and these are people who want to help, you know, and um, so I've had students come back who I taught, who are now teachers, who are doctoral students, who are psychiatrists, you know, 
Um, we've had lots of people come in, professional athletes, just to kind of show them that and to show them how what they're learning in my class can actually help them in the future. Um, and so I believe in using resources, um, asking other teachers for help. You know, you can never be I I read once that even Denzel Washington still takes acting classes. And I think that like, that's amazing. You know, this man who has all these Oscars and awards who um, is still trying to cultivate his craft. So I think that it's important that we stay current that way, that we use our resources. And a lot of times your resources may be the person teaching across the hall from you or, you know, mm -hmm. a veteran teacher. Um, and, and so that's important. And then the other thing was to grow more educators, you know, I have three children of my own. I'm a proud mom. Um, and I just know that I want my students to be strong enough to one day teach my children. And so it's really important to see potential in students and to encourage that. You know, I tell students a lot, like, you know what? Have you ever thought about being a teacher? Have you ever thought about being an administrator? You know what? You would be a great, like, school resources officer. And a lot of times they're like, huh? Like, why? what I wouldn't do that and it's just giving them that nudge it's putting that idea in their minds because the reality is the students we're teaching are the next teachers they are um and yeah. so we have to grow them we have to you know it's so important that you know when we look at classroom management and we look at understanding community and engage what better resource than the kids who are from here you kids who who, who do go out into the world and then can come back and give in, uh, back to the community. So those would be my two tidbits to use your resources and to grow future educators. Well, I think, you know, those are two great uh, tips. And I love the second one because I haven't thought of that yet, you know, at once ever in my life is mm. to look at a kid in my classroom and be like, man, you know, you could be a good teacher. right? And then just telling them that, for a kid who might not even think about college. Right, exactly. And for them to hear, just to hear it and let it resonate and sit on the back burner, that's great advice. I appreciate that. Cool, yeah. Well, now's the time of the show. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, if you want to give any shout outs to um, a particular class or um, any coworkers or whatnot, feel free to give some shout outs and some love uh, to the listeners of Spilling the Tea. Okay, well, first I'm going to shout out the Verona High School English Department. I think we're the best English department, bar none. Um, I really like our English department because we really are like a veteran team. You know, we're, we're probably the oldest standing department um, in the school, probably with a lot of us being here for so long. Um, special shout out to the English 11 content team. Uh, I really want to give a shout out to um, Mrs. Walker, Miss Ashley Walker, great friend of mine. We've been teaching together for years. Um, uh, Miss Jones or Boston, if you will, Miss Boston, um, is some great people. Miss um, Furman, Mrs. Yule, just great teachers um, that we work with. Um, Ms. Hicks is my co-teacher. Shout out to Ms. Hicks. Shout out to my English 11 students. I miss you all so much. Um, and all of your little jokes and snide remarks. Um, shout out to College Success Seminar, to my juniors and my seniors, class of 2020. I miss you so much. I love you all so much. Um, I want to give a shout out to all of the teachers and the professionals at Verona High School. And I have to make it personal. I mentioned earlier my husband, but the love of my life, 
my high school sweetheart, my husband, um, Jonathan Lewis, who is also a teacher. Uh, he's a retired NFL player and a teacher and a football coach. Um, we are thugging it out right now in this quarantine. <laughs> our days, our <laughs> days, literally every day, we are sitting across the dining room table from each other working like for hours he's on phone calls he's in meetings i'm on phone calls i'm in meetings and we're equally holding down the fort with the kids you know um we have three kids shout out to my son our son deuce jonathan jr we call him deuce he's cool he's really cool he's first grader um and he just turned seven a few weeks ago and shout out to my baby girls my twins ellen olivia they will be turning four tomorrow so I have to make their special unicorn cake that they have requested. Um, and we're all just, you know, holding it down. So shout out to everybody. Shout out to the students at Verona High School. Um, I love you all. Um, shout out to you, Mr. Carter, for just doing a great job with this. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is something fun I've been wanting to do. I listen to podcasts. And yeah. So I was like, well, let's try it. You know, at least the Verona teachers and community will listen and you know if it reaches out to other people in other schools even better i just want to spread the positivity and all the teaching success we have at our school because i feel like east end and you know our school we just don't get the credit that other schools might get and you could listen to this season of the podcast and you can learn yeah. from it. and so if if we're trying to learn and grow as educators and administrators and faculty members, you know, why not learn from each other? So I appreciate that shout out. And um, I'm looking forward to launching this on May 4th. Great. I have three more shout outs. I'm sorry. I was thinking. Shout out to Ms. Griffiths. You good, girl. <laughs> shout out to Ms. Griffiths, who is also a Verona alum. Shout out to Mr. Robbins. Shout out to Ms. Hancock because she's one of my former students. Shout out to Mr. Reynolds. He's one of my former students. Um, shout out to Ms. Combs. She's also on the English 11 team. Shout out to Ms. Sanchez. She's also on the English 11 team. And shout out to the Equity Ambassadors and SOTA members. Ms. Sanchez and I are co-sponsors for those clubs as well. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, and, you know, anybody else that you potentially left off, <laughs> we know that Tiff Lou loves you to death. So don't take offense. <laughs> you know, still rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining Staffordy Spilling the Tea, and um, I'll chat with you soon. All right, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. There you go, tea drinkers. That was an episode of Staffordy Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you for steeping in our episode. And do me a favor and go give us a four- or five-star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. This has been real, this has been fun, and this has been real fun. Till next time. See ya.